Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast. This is the podcast where fans feel talk about motorsport. You can see today I'm not joined by any of my uh, normal co-hosts, but I have Elliot Hicks here uh, from In Between Media's Backroad Podcast. Uh, just want to welcome you in tonight, and we're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff. So how you been doing this week? Doing pretty well. Uh, sorry that we can't have the rest of the crew here with us, but I think that we'll, uh, we'll have fun hamming it up here, talking some silly season and some Pocono. Yeah, so let's get into that Pocono stuff. Um, I I kind of wanted to use the intro period to call it untimely demises because there seemed to be a lot of that this weekend. Um, I, I just want to hit on a couple of them before we get into the, the real raw stuff of uh, what happened on Sunday. But, uh, I mean, I thought it was funny. Charles Leclerc in, in Formula 1, he just was in the lead and threw it all away in France. And if you're a Formula 1 fan, you saw that. Uh, we saw a, a turnover, a, a flip on the front straightaway of Pocono, and that was wild. Um, did, did you expect ever to see that violent of a crash at Pocono? Yeah, that was definitely pretty nuts. I mean, we've seen some hard hits at Pocono. I remember Elliot Sadler had, like, the entire front of his car knocked off on the backstretch just because there's so many weird walls and different things there. But that was just a tough situation. They brought up a lot on the NBC broadcast about ex- expanding out that pit wall, and that yeah. ended up being a saving grace because, you know, Jeb's car heading down that way could have flipped onto the pit road wall and passed that barrier. So it, it looked rough, but luckily he was okay. And it, it probably saved a lot of people uh, from getting messed up in the pits and his decision. I know that had to have been tough. You know, do I run into this pit barrier? Do I go down pit road or do I just take this hit that's coming to me? He took the hit that was coming to him and had a little bit of trouble there while he had to wait to get flipped over. But uh, I think that was a tough one for sure. Glad everything, yeah. glad everyone was all right. There were no injuries. Yeah. And after watching different stuff, I know they mentioned some on the Sunday broadcast uh, for pre-race, um, about some guys hitting the wall on pit road with helmets and stuff flying. And mm-hmm. even the Mark Martin crash on pit road, it was good that he was on the track doing damages and not hitting personnel and equipment in pit road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was supposed to be the busy, biggest explosion of the weekend. It wound up not being. Um, we'll talk about one of the drivers a little bit later in more detail. Uh, but right now, I want to get into uh, – we'll just say the Chastain incident. Um, as a Denny fan, I can't really say anything first. So I'll let Elliot take the lead on uh, what happened and um, what his thoughts are. And I'll just bounce off of that. Well, so the big topic of conversation here was, was it payback or was it not payback? And, you know, I'm, I'm all after what happened at Martinsville last fall, I'm all for anything bad happening to Denny Hamlin. So that, that stuff was okay for me. And I think that with this Hamlin and Chastain incident, you know, there was a big fight about it on the Dale Jr. download. I'm sure other podcasts have been talking about it as well. I think that it can be both. It can be payback without being the end-all, be-all in payback. You know, Hamlin racing for the lead with 20 to go or however many laps there were, he sees that that's Chastain up there. And he may not be thinking, okay, I'm going to punt this guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that to knock him out. But he's not going to give do him any favors up there. You know, he's going to give him just enough room for the car and not really anything extra. And so, I mean, I think that it, it, a little bit was payback because he had that in his head. You know, I'm not going to give this guy a break for sure. Whereas if it was Kevin Harvick or a teammate, he would have given a little more slack. But I don't, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all payback. I think that we will see something a little more defined if Hamlin gets the opportunity. Yeah, I, uh, I think you got a good point there. Um, for me, the tongue-in-cheek of who – uh, what car, that kind of stuff that they were saying in the in the uh, post-race interviews um, in the media center is kind of where I'm at with that. Um, basically, just as you described it, 
Um, as far as he knows, if there's a one car there, is he really there? Uh, there's, there's just, there's just, you know, a little bit less room for the, or he's going to give just enough room for the wall to, for there to be maybe a car there. Um, I don't see that as payback. I just see that as Denny being um, very aware of who he's racing around, kind of what, like what Elliot said. And I think it got blown way out of proportion because it wasn't a dirty move. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing that we haven't seen at any other type of racetrack, short track, road course, whatever. Well, I thought it was, it was extremely similar to what happened with Chase Elliott and Corey LaJoy. You know, Chase Elliott didn't necessarily give room for Corey LaJoy to pass him, but, you know, he didn't intentionally smack him into the wall. And I'll even go off to say that the Chase Elliott one was worse because Denny just faded up there. It's not like mm-hmm. he just jerked up there to block. Yeah, he, he at least gave him room for the race car, even if there was no margin for error there with LaJoy. There was no lane. You know, he just got shot. Yeah. So I, people blow, blow stuff out of proportion when it's a Toyota driver, much less the most hated Toyota driver at the moment. Right. Um, well, I think so, also just any feud in NASCAR, and everyone points back to that boys have at it. You know, people are going to go crazy over every little thing that happens. Yeah, and I don't know. It's racing. You you earn what you get in racing. Um, mm-hmm. And Denny thinks I mean, that he he's not really earned some of the way that that uh, Ross has mm-hmm. has treated him over this course of this right. season. So he's gonna give right right back what what he thinks that uh, Ross is owed. So yeah, uh, and Ro- Ross knew immediately. He was like, yeah, like I had that coming to me. If I race smarter a month ago, that doesn't happen. So yeah. he knew. It was well, he knows that there's 10 more races and he's got chances at a uh, championship that he won't be winning this year. There's no way that the only way that, that a, a situation arises where Denny Hamlin doesn't continue to squeeze him like that or compromise his own self points wise is if he's in a position where he has to perform during mm-hmm. the playoffs. Otherwise Ross is just Ross is, you're not you're not making that round one, buddy. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, I mean, 16 driver playoffs. There's usually two or three, uh, you know, not so great drivers in there. I think maybe he'll get out of round one just because of having the sheer amount of playoff points. But yeah, round two you start to get there, then you really start to whittle out some good guys. Yeah. Well, I can I can probably go ahead and say with a with a hard bet that the 99 will make it farther than his teammate, just because the 99 doesn't have any enemies out there. Uh, maybe Michael McDowell, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, uh, was there any controversy after the race, though, Elliot? I don't think there was. Or, or am I missing something? controversy. I don't think there was no – as far as I know, there was no blow-up or fight or anything. Yeah, nothing nothing to do with cars or pieces of plastic or anything? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I couldn't tell you. You know, I, I, yeah. As soon as Hamlin crossed the finish line, I uh, switched over to something else. But as far as yeah, I know, exactly. you know. Nobody threw a beer can on the track or anything like that. Yeah, that's the thing. So uh, the the old Bill France thing of knowing who you uh, saw one by the time you uh, get to your car uh, thing. I mean, we don't do <laughs> that anymore. You were, yeah, you were referring to that. Uh, that yeah. was the obvious one that I kind of went over my head. I thought you were yeah. talking about more like fights or anything. No, no, no. I'm talking about the controversy behind oh, um, post-race tech and um, – I, I labeled this in our notes, Denny, Kyle Busch, and Mickey Mouse, because there was a lot of controversy about this win. Uh, first of all, before we kind of dig deep into what's going on, how did you feel about all that happened? It was just kind of one of those oh crap moments. I didn't even see the tweet at first. I had to have uh, Jared, a mutual friend of ours and fan fuel host, 
sent me a message like, hey, did you see the news? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, go and look at Bob Pockris' Twitter. So they were both DQ'd. And I mean, it's it's not a surprise necessarily to see the winner DQ'd. I didn't realize it was the first time at the cup level just because we've seen it happen multiple times at the Xfinity and the truck level. But they, it just was the perfect storm because it was both one and two that was DQ'd. Those guys were both teammates. Those guys are both controversial drivers. And then it was another controversial driver who's gotten his share of good breaks this season that ended up getting the, the win from that situation. So had it been, you know, Christopher Bell and Keselowski and Alex Bowman, you know, as those three drivers, it wouldn't have made quite as much of a stink, but it was just the perfect storm brewing. Absolutely. And plus the fact that they were DQ'd from some little piece of tape on the nose. I don't really know, but th- these guys are serious with the next gen, as we saw with the penalty to McDowell midweek also. You know, kind yeah. Of and uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, as a Denny Hamlin fan, I know I'm pissed off. I know Jared was pissed off because he, of yeah. course, is a, a massive Kyle Bush fan. But for me, it was, like you said, just that little piece of tape. Um, this is something that I don't think looks good for NASCAR, but unless you're a Chase Elliott fan. Because um, those those guys are going hard on social media about them cheating Toyotas and all that good <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I have to ask you, I, you, you, you brought up when you said a little piece of tape. When they said you can't manipulate parts, when you see – the Keselowski stuff, when you see the McDowell stuff, they manipulated parts. Mm-hmm. Is a piece of plastic that is, I think they said two thousandths of an inch thick, is that really manipulating a part because it's sitting on top of it? Right. Well, I don't think it's manipulating a part, and I think NASCAR knows that too because they didn't get hit with 100-point penalties, $100,000 fines, suspensions. It was just a race disqualification. So there is a difference here. You know, even this McDowell penalty coming out, it kind of makes it easier to group all of these together when they are very different things. Now, I am not. I don't know all the ins and outs of any car, much less the next-gen car. I don't know what this piece of tape does to potentially have a competitive advantage, but there has to be something there. I don't imagine that NASCAR is just going to DQ their top two cars at the cup level for the first time since 1960 for something that isn't some sort of significant issue. Well, I guess I could agree with that, but also – Golden Boy got the win. So a yeah, lot see, of that, that, that's the, that makes it so much worse just because it's another Chase Elliott win. And yeah. we anybody who's not a Chase Elliott fan in NASCAR right now is so tired of seeing Chase Elliott win races. Yeah. I'm even a Hendrick Motorsports fan. I would be fine if Chase Elliott didn't win another race the whole season. So yeah, I think it's the way that he's won the last two races. And right. and it's like this track record is this is the third time this has happened. It feels like there should have been something happening mm-hmm. um differently. Because you got the rain out at, at Circuit of the Americas right. that the, the racetrack started drying, the rain stopped, and they called the race, I guess, for TV. Then you've got the Atlanta weekend where we see the move, and it was kind of a dipshit move. And NASCAR, you know, had the Yellow Throne and, and all the other controversy that we talked about on the 36-hour mm-hmm. podcast about that. And now you've got this. It's like... A lot of us are sitting here wondering why we defended NASCAR all these years for for not throwing races for because Dale Jr. existed and mm-hmm. he didn't ever win a championship. He lost a championship due to NASCAR. But now we're just sitting here like, hmm, this guy's getting too lucky too many times with non-calls or, or, or calls like that. That's yeah, just yeah, me. 
I think that's you sent out the first tweet promoting the show about putting the tinfoil hat on. I can see it on your head right there. Yeah, if, it was, you know, if this was something that happened more commonly, it's just just been a relatively recent string of lucky events. You know, I'm a fan of a driver who had four wins last season and probably only earned one of them. You know, late pit strategy, a flat tire in the final corner, and you know, a late restart at Martinsville High. I have no idea how he gets away from two guys who had to win to get into the final four. So. I guess maybe because of that experience last season with a driver that's not the most popular in NASCAR, that doesn't have the fan base that Chase Elliott or even Denny Hamlin or Kyle Busch has, that uh, you know, if, it's one thing if this happens two more times this season and Chase Elliott happens to back into wins to use a Kyle Busch phrase. But for now, I, the tinfoil hat's on the desk here. It's not quite on yet. Well, maybe, maybe just because, um, maybe just because we have different opinions of Chase Elliott. Maybe my tinfoil hat's on because when I when I see you saying stuff about Alex Bowman, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, you're right, but also those weren't NASCAR calls, and two of the last uh, that's three. True. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep it on. Right. But um, there, here's here's my final thought on this: <laughs> that if NASCAR was truly in the business of rigging races, would you have seen its most popular driver that put it on the map go four years without a win? Would you have seen him go without a title? That's what seen, I'm saying. Would you have I'm seen Danica Patrick like never win a race? Would you have seen Suarez take three years to win? You know, it's that sort of deal. That there's so many opportunities to have things go perfectly for them to set it up that didn't happen. And I was I was sitting right there in that chair on that bench with you until the last three or so weeks of NASCAR. And I'm just like, mm, yeah. yeah, and it's I mean, ready. it's a worrying trend, but also it could just be that, hey, this guy's running well. He's lucky to be in these positions when NASCAR maybe has a quick trigger finger on things. Well, he found the replication tool for the, uh, that golden horseshoe that uh, <laughs> that Jimmy Johnson had. But anyways, well, we'll get off of this and uh, we'll get on to our main topic. So interestingly enough, uh, Elliot approached me about doing this show, I would say probably three or four weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I can't tell time. <laughs> um, but uh, he was like, we should, we should come on the show and – talk about silly season stuff. I've got a lot of wild ideas and crazy things that we could talk about. And we both started building notes on our own. And um, within a day or two, the news breaks that Tyler Reddick is signed in 2024 with 2311. And I was like, well, well, damn, that just shakes up half of my list. I don't know how much it affected you. But I guess we can start there since that was really the first move of silly season even though it's only going to be impacting us, I guess, in 2024. Maybe. I mean, we'll have to see. And the funny thing is that a lot of these ideas that I thought of when we first brought this up have now kind of been pushed into the mainstream a little more. So these are things that you probably have heard already, but things that, you know, maybe we had thought of before they were kind of in the mainstream. But for 2311, another big change that's happened in between is this Kurt Busch concussion scenario. You know, I was being a Dell Jr. fan. I saw how rough it was with the concussions. We don't know how specific Kurt's incident is. We don't know. If he had the same lengthy history as Dale Jr. did with concussions, where this one's going to be particularly bad. But I think the easiest path here with Tyler Reddick already waiting in the wings, that you just have Kurt Busch go into a retirement or semi-retirement after this season. Maybe if he, you know, he was on the Today Show to promote the Chicago street course. If he really wants to do that, you can put him in an extra Gibbs car or an extra 2311 car, have him run a part-time schedule. And then it'd be Michael Jordan can pull out his pocketbook, give some compensation to Childress and get him over there a year earlier to run that 45 car. Because I, I think that 2311 is going to have that third car and maybe eventually the fourth car down the line, but I don't think it comes anytime soon. Denny Hamlin has seemed very cautious 
about expanding this team until he sees what this team cut is from the new TV deal and things like that. So I don't think he's going to get the next charter that comes on the market. I don't think the third car comes for another two or three seasons. I think that the best bet, Kurt Busch, steps out. It's because he's that way. He, he, I mean, seeing what ha- what's happened in uh, sports with concussions, especially in NASCAR, because you had Dale Jr. get beat up a whole bunch, miss those races in 2012, miss half a season in 2016, and then coming back in 2017 was just not competitive whatsoever that season. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to uh, some of these Xfinity drivers uh, a little bit later. But in the meantime, Ty Gibbs is, is filling in for Kurt Busch. He filled in at Pocono. They just announced a couple hours ago that he will be also behind the wheel this weekend at Indy and at Indianapolis. Um, so I think the thought was, because, because Kurt seemed to be that way, that he was going to go through 2024. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and agree with you um, with Reddit going over there um, potentially early next year. But I'm going to have to disagree with you about the uh, checks getting cut um, because we saw an announcement teaser, I guess, uh, for the 2nd of August uh, that has been deducted to be the silhouette of Austin Hill. And I think there might be some interesting stuff going on in that RCR camp, because they were uh, they were not very happy. Uh, I the, the tweet that they sent out was, uh, I think they said this could not have come. At yeah, the, the timing of this announcement yeah. couldn't be any worse. And so my thing with that is, if the timing couldn't be any worse, how do you have an announcement ready less than a month later, maybe two weeks later? I forget how long yeah. ago it was that you already have a guy in your cup car for when he's gone. I think that this is. The, if you take this as meaning that RCR has their seat filled already for when Childress or from when Childress, for when Reddick leaves, I think that's a little far fetched. I think that they're going to have a third car in a couple of races to get Austin Hill some Cup experience to maybe bump him up. You know, they have two very hot young prospects that did really well in the Truck Series, didn't have that path to Xfinity in Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill. I think eventually they come up, but I, the guy that I'm looking at for that eight car, I think is Noah Gregson. You know, I think he would be really? just the absolute perfect fit. I think that he and Childers would match up perfectly. And, I mean, I would be – not that they – that may be a slap in the face to those guys like Creed and Hill, but they've they've, they've had their moments where they've really struggled. And Noah Gregson is cup ready. And at, being at JRM, I don't think he's their cup driver if they go to cup. And I, he's got no room at the end at Hendrick. So. so currently I don't see the JRM to cup thing being in a, for any – thing other than uh, a tease at this point because it seems like as much as junior wants it to happen it's not really something that he wants to pay you know 20 million dollars for to get two charters um my biggest thing with rcr um i think that that they may be cutting ties with tyler reddick at the end of the season and you bringing up noah gregson makes for me a lot of sense because Partners in Black Rifle Coffee Company and Bass mm-hmm. Pro Shops are also partners with the RCR team. Right. Um, they are also partners with College Racing, technically, um, who he drives for in the Cup Series. Um, so it it seems to me like that would be a very smart move. Um, but um, I don't know. Am I do you am I alone in thinking that Tyler Reddick will not be in that car next year? I don't think he can be. I mean, we've seen with these lame duck years. I don't know that anybody really stays in the same place. You had Casey Kane announce he was going to Hendrick in 2012. He went to Red Bull. He didn't stay with Gillette Evernham or whatever it was at that time. 
And then who was the other recent example? You know, t- technically Alex Bowman had that lame duck year. He couldn't get a ride. Um, there was another. It's not coming to me right now. Well, the other example. Clint Boyer. Boyer, yeah. Scott. I mean, that was a little different because Michael Walter Bracing didn't exist that year that he was stuck yeah. with H. Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that one was a little tough. But yeah, I mean, I, th- this is why I think it just matches up perfectly. I mean, I feel terrible for Kurt Busch. This is happening now. But I think it could be a wake-up call for him to say, hey, they've got this guy ready. I can pick and choose the fun races I want to go into to help them eventually build their third team at 23-11. I can pick the fun races. I can get in them. I can compete. And I don't have to go run the crappy races. Yeah. Um, Well, that kind of knocks out uh, my part of the RCR. Other than um, some questions that we had in our group chat, I would have much rather uh, Colton and Nathan been here to say some stuff because they seem to think that there's something going on with the three car as well in the next year or so. I do have that. I have a little section of notes here with Creed and Hill about RCR. I mean, I'm sure he really enjoys the racing side of things, but at some point does he realize maybe I'm not so competitive. I'm getting older. You know, I've got this focus on the reality show. Now I can build my brand without necessarily having to be in that seat. So maybe that's how you get Creed or Hill into the cup series is you have Austin Dillon become the face of RCR. You know, we're, we're seeing all these ownership transitions take place now. Keselowski at Roush, you're going to have the younger guys take over Hendrick, um, things like that. You know, the, the Gibbs tradition is going to be passed down eventually. So I think that maybe Austin Dillon steps out of the three car at one point. Maybe they keep the three. Maybe they end up renumbering it because, you know, Creed Hill or whoever is not family. I don't think they put Ty Dillon in there, even though he's leaving the 42 car. That's another one. You know, maybe one of these young RCR guys takes that seat. I don't know how aligned the petty gms and rcr partnership would be if it exists but yeah maybe maybe austin dillon uh could be something that opens up and he realizes hey i don't need to drive this three car to build my brand i've had my fun i wanted these 500 i'm never going to win a title let's go have some uh have some fun in this ownership role yeah i think that makes the most sense um apparently he's making moves behind the scenes already uh i i'm pretty sure he is the one that put together the reality tv show um, and he also is the one that put the three car on track in, in Talladega with Jeffrey Earnhardt earlier this year. Um, so we're already making decisions mm-hmm. uh, for the RCR uh, shop and brand. So I, I would, I would think I would much rather see him in that role um, because while he does have instances where he's consistent, um, I think there's more talent in the pool mm-hmm. in the Xfinity series uh, that could make that company go farther. Um, yeah. I and you could still have a situation where Austin Dillon fields that brings that three car out of the, out of the garage for the Daytona 500 and a couple other races right. for these last couple of years. Uh, right. he decides to move that way. Yeah. And it's, it's not something we haven't seen with the Almondinger stuff and what we're going to see uh, starting, I guess really next year with the project 91 car. Cause I'm assuming they'll do more than one race uh, yeah. from what it seems like. So um, that'll be cool. Um I guess. Uh, where do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, is it time to open the Kyle Busch can of worms, or do we want to kind of poke around the other rides? Oh, and then get do we want to? Do we want to take the Kyle Busch one last? Um, I, I think that's the biggest one because that's the biggest one for the sport, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can skip around with these Xfinity drivers and see who who we want to go there. Um, and then there's some other uh, other guys that Jared got a list for us up. Uh, who's Contracts are up at the end of 2023 as well. Yes, and there are a lot of different ways to go with this. I brought up the 42 car, so I guess we can start there. I think that's more interesting than people think. You know, normally you would consider Petty to be more of a, not quite a backmarker team, 
but like a C tier to C minus tier ride. Right. But you know, it seems like that you know GMS had a lot of success in the truck series. They've got the back. They've got the brand and backing of Richard Petty, which always helps with a little bit of sponsorship money. They could be right on the brink of being a competitive team. You know, Eric Jones is talking about re-signing that, and I think that's why Ty Dillon is out. Maybe because old Grandpappy over there in Welcome North Carolina is not giving them any money anymore for him. I don't know if he was, but potentially. I think you could see some guys with upside go there. Uh, a couple of guys I have on this list, uh, you know, Ryan Priest, if he gets ducked out of the ten car. Um, we never Eric Almarola is currently a will he or won't he retire thing. He's brought up now. Ah, maybe I'm thinking about it. Uh, if the 41 car were to open up for a guy we may have right now have just mentioned, uh, Cole Custer could be without a ride. Maybe he slips in there to stay in cup. Uh, Zane Smith is a guy he's done really well in the truck series. He's not tied down anywhere. You know, he's not going to follow front row motorsports up the ladder. And uh, maybe Josh Berry could be a seat for that because I don't oh, think Jared, I don't. I think that JRM's cup team, it would be too risky to start with him. If he'd be a cup series rookie, he'd be relatively unproven. I know Junior loves him, but I don't know that he'd have the funding. I think it'd be super risky to start there, and I think JRM could get somebody better with more cup winning experience, which we can get to with some of these other guys as well. You never know. He could be a guy that slots in that right. So that's interesting that you bring that up because Josh Berry wasn't even on my list uh, to go to a cup team. And I don't think that you're correct in saying that he wouldn't be the guy to bring up the cup. I don't think I'm not saying it wouldn't happen because, like I said, Junior loves him. I just think it would be super risky to go with the dude whose best winning experience is in late models and a few Xfinity races. It's one thing if he races Xfinity for two more years, goes out, wins a title, and competes for another, then it's a little different. But so I think just from his sheer ownership and crew chiefing roles in the late models, as well as how you know. Um, how long he sat there and gotten the talent in a car with a similar um, feel, as it were, uh, when Junior talked about it when he took the test as the next gen. I think that would be a pretty good option as in maybe a veteran unseasoned driver. True. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever really had that, but I could see um, I could see that being someone of maybe even the, the same skill set type level as an A.J. Allmendinger running for you full-time. Um, I, I think that would be a very good driver coach as well to a young talent um, mm-hmm. that you wanted to bring in. And if J.R.M. comes to Cup, he could possibly, just based on his own notoriety, bring someone else. Uh, who was, who's to say that Bowman doesn't go uh, because he's one of his favorite mm-hmm. uh, guys on the Cup grid too? Uh, yeah, I've, while we're on that, I've got him as part of the whole Kyle Busch can of worms. But if you were – the Kyle Busch to Hendrick thing got brought up a little bit. If you were to kick out a Hendrick driver, I think with Alex Bowman, all of his cards are in the ally, are in the ally bank right, right. now. Right. <laughs> no pun intended, but also very intended there. That I don't think a big sponsor like Ally is going to go with Kyle Busch for their brand. And you know, but it's it's a question of how long do they stick with Bowman? Would they move to another team with Bowman? Would we, you know, their allies to sponsor the Dell Junior Download? He's designed the Ally 400 scheme the last couple of years. Would we see both of them jump over to the JRM Cup effort after a few years if Hendrick decides, hey, Bowman's okay, but we got this really freaking good upside driver or this good veteran or whatever? Could we see the, the Ally 8 car, the 88 car over at JRM? Could be a possibility. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that I think could happen. Um, I just right. don't I think, know how I know Junior loves Josh Berry, but Bowman, you know what? He's got six Cup wins. He's made it into the round of eight. You know, he's consistently up there. He's inconsistent a lot of times. 
but it's a good solid crew. Junior gave Junior got him that ride essentially. You know, yeah, that exactly. and that and that run at Phoenix in 2016 got him that ride. Otherwise, they could have gone with a myriad of other options at the time. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that they go to cup without two charters. I think realistically, yeah. I think I mean we could get into a charter discussion later because I've yep. got ideas about that stuff. Um yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was thinking that it would start at one. I don't think that he would go to two, but then I see what you're saying there that does it make sense to go one and not just have a second one? If this was still Gen 6 era, definitely. Just like Track House, just like um 2311 did. But at this moment, at this moment with the next gen car, I think it's more beneficial to have two charters than just one. Right. And now um, that you mentioned that, I think even Denny Hamlin or somebody said that that. If you have one, it costs this much. If you have two, it's a little bit less to run a race team, but then three, it starts to get more expensive. So Right. So it's just that's, that big charter acquisition that's just a pain in the ass for everybody. Yeah. I think that it, it, on, at this point, it, it's going to be all decided on whether or not Front Row Motorsports continues to want to compete. Mm-hmm. I think those two charters are the only ones that will ever be on the table. Uh, maybe JTG Doherty, maybe. Well, I mean, but it's gonna gonna go to it's probably gonna go to college if that happens. Maybe the Petty GMS ones. I don't know. There's a few others you're forgetting. Rick Ware still has at least two charters, if not. Rick more. Ware's not getting rid of his charters. He's right, he's, but I think he's, Rick Ware loves this racing deal. But he's got places in other teams. He's got to realize that even in this era, he's probably not going to be competitive. So he's not here to you, be competitive. He's here to make money. Right. The the best way they can make money is with these charter prices so inflated, you know, sell everything you got, keep one, have some fun with it. Maybe it goes up, you know, keep being in the charter acquisition game. And there's one, I have a controversial take on Spire Motorsports that I think the only reason they're in this is for the money. I feel bad for Corey LaJoy. I feel bad for whoever they have in that 77 car that that that's the case, but that's the case. They're in this for charters. I think that they own, they own three, I think or maybe just two and releasing at least one out before. But I think that as soon as they can jump and get a ridiculous amount of money for charters, I think that team is done, you know, and uh, wow. you know, live fast is around, you know, BJ McLeod and Tiff. Do they realize, man, we can't do this either front rows. Another team I had on my list. How long do they stick around as well? Yeah. I just know there was talks with 2311 initially to get charters from there. So I do remember. I that. think they may be the ones that you could, you could possibly, be like, okay, here's here's what we got. But I There's, don't think that happens until 2024. With Front Row, they've got one really big reason to stay in the Cup Series with at least one car, and her name is Haley Deegan. Because I think that Deegan gets bumped up regardless of her performance in the Truck Series, which has been subpar so far. And I won't go too, down the, too far down the Haley Deegan rabbit hole. I have issues with her that are unrelated to things like that. But I think that if she can show even the slightest bit of encouraging performance in the truck series that she could go up there because he's with David Gilliland racing right now. There's obviously right. the connection there. And, you know, we've seen it with other drivers, you know, that they come up maybe a little quickly into the front row motorsports seats like Todd Gilliland. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see, even if there's only one left, if McDowell decides to dip or retire or if they throw him out on the street, that they keep at least one charter just to make the money, just to make the Haley Deegan money, get all the attention, even if it's just for a year or two. I didn't see that coming. Honestly, See, we, we got a few wild cards in here. That's, that, that, cards. that could that could go. Um, so I think the only other really, because uh, we we, we kind of know what, um, we kind of know what's going on. 
um, with Ty Gibbs. We, we uh, Joe, know... Joe Retro, Joe Retro, I do agree with you that she nothing <laughs> nothing in her driver performance has shown that she should go to the Cup Series. But Danica Patrick didn't do all that well in Xfinity and ran in the Cup Series for four or five years. Yeah. So I think that Haley Deegan, you know, she'll have a few good runs. People will say, oh, she's the, you know, every week on Fox, it doesn't matter how well she's running. It's, oh, Michael Waltrip, oh, Haley Deegan's learning so much today. Look how well she's doing, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's whether, whether I like or dislike her, which is completely irrelevant here, I think that she could very easily come up, make money for front row, more money than they've got off of anything other than McDowell's Daytona right. 500 win in 10 years plus of racing. Yeah. I mean, then that's some people you just got to play the game, whether yeah. we like it or not. So, right. Um, but moving on, we know where Todd Gibbs is going. He's probably going to get that 19. We'll get to that later. Um, he's probably going to get the 19 in 2024. Yeah. I think 2023, I think Truex is done, and I think Kevin Harvick is probably retired too after 2023. Yeah, so uh, uh, we'll go to our last one, and that is um, John Hunter Nemechek. What, what is he doing? Is he going back to Xfinity? Is he coming back to Cup? What is he doing with, with the with the cataclysm that is going to be whatever comes from the KFB right. um, stuff? What what where where could he go? Like before but then, if Kyle Busch stays with Gibbs, everything stays the same. I think he might be okay sticking down there in that truck, you know, in the Ford truck for another year, and then wait to bump because I think I think he bumps up to Xfinity. As soon as Ty Gibbs goes the cup, that you see John Hunter take that ride full time because that was the plan. You know, he left front row. He's like, I'm going to go all the way back down and get myself in with a big team because eventually, you know, maybe it's when Denny retires or goes to 2311. You see John Hunter in a Gibbs ride in cup. You know, it's very possible. But I think he definitely takes that full time ride whenever Ty leaves it. Now, if okay. Kyle Bush goes somewhere else, that could open up a few different things. You know, I guess it would still end up being the same thing because he's a Toyota pipeline driver that he would end up going to that Xfinity car because there'd be a cup car open from Ty Gibbs. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's go to. At least Bubba Wallace has won something. <sighs> Regardless yeah. of what you think about that win at Talladega, mm -hmm. at least he's won something. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah, go ahead and go. And... I'll give her all the credit in the world. Let's go ahead and go to um, the most important piece of the silly season puzzle this is could be the wackiest thing mm -hmm. i think none of us really thought that this would ever be an issue right. but the 18 it's, car it's, might not be filled with kyle bush come next year it's the biggest thing since dale jr left dei i mean we kind of saw that one coming a little more this was more of a blunt force thing after eminem mars decided hey we're going to pull out you know we've got one of the bigger sponsorship deals in the cup series right now and we're done with it so yeah. that makes it really really difficult so option number one, let's talk about it. Staying in his seat. What does that do for the sport? Well, for me, um, as a Toyota fan, that leaves KBM in the Toyota fold, and that's the biggest part of this whole thing is if Toyota loses Kyle Busch, they lose Kyle Busch Motorsports. Right. And very for me, yeah, for me, if you lose the best truck team in the business over the last – decade and a half you're losing prospects you're losing probably sponsorship money i don't know how many crew guys are you losing that are you know out there training to get to the cup series one day uh you're just losing a lot of depth and toyota doesn't already already doesn't have multiple teams everywhere either it's it's jgr right. it's it's and then you've got 
KVM and does, does Thor Sport Thor work? Sport, does, they, they flip flopped, you know. Thor Sport, you know, uh, we don't that's, really know. That's, what that's an doing. that's an interesting team because Thor Sport has gone kind of down the way of getting the lifers. You know, they've had Matt Crafton forever. I think that Ben Rhodes is totally content being a truck lifer at this point. Are they ready or even willing to become the Toyota development prospect team and throw out uh, throw out multiple of their lifers if they had to? And is, does Grand Anfinger run there? Definitely not. Okay, Dustin is probably out there with Colton <laughs> at Frontier Days in Wyoming. They're getting uh, hammered, getting hot and sweaty in the sun and watching some people wrangle, I don't know, animals. I don't know. I, I'm not right. a cowboy. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in even just to throw a comment in. Hope you're having fun yeah. watching the, the dang old rodeo out there. You know? Yeah, so this is – man, as a Toyota fan, if Kyle Busch doesn't re-sign with – with Joe Gibbs, it's mm -hmm. going to be very, very disappointing and very, very bad, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's what I'll it's, say. It's super easy because then you get Ty Gibbs in right away. I'm sure he's cup ready. Maybe he struggles a little bit, but it wouldn't surprise me if he won run won, won one of his first ten races as a full time driver. Right. He won his first Xfinity start. The kid's done nothing but win. We've seen a little more maturing from him. He's not quite as ridiculous as he was early on. That's yet to be yet to be completely eradicated. I'm sure, but hey. Kyle Busch was a bit of a hothead when they brought him in, and that wasn't. A yeah. So if you're gonna get all, if you're gonna get your grandson and grandpappy's car there, you know that could really work. I think so that the, big, the biggest guy with the TRD development is where does Chandler Smith go? If he if Kyle Busch leaves Toyota, I think he's the one guy that could step up to one of these Xfinity deals that would open up from this, that, or the other, or things like that. I, I don't know that you know what do they have? Drew Dollar and um, the other guy. I can't think of his name. Runs 51 sometimes. I think Chandler uh, Smith. Could, Chandler Smith. He's yeah, the biggest uh, prospect that Toyota could lose. Whether he's any good or not, I'm not sure that we know for sure yet. But he could. I don't know. I mean, the effect the effect of of them losing him, and like you said, John Hunter Niemicek would go to Xfinity. That makes the most sense. And they, I mean, they may down. decide they may decide to bump Chandler Smith up there. They may say, "Hey, John Hunter, we like you. Thanks for doing this. This kid's got more upside. He's a Toyota guy. He's getting this right." Are they going to put Drew Dollar full time in the 51? Can they afford that? Well, but I mean, what happens to all these other Toyota guys if Kyle Busch Motorsports swaps to a different manufacturer? It's not about full-time in the 51. It's about where the hell do you put them? Uh, you're you, right. You, you so throw a bunch of money at Al Nice to get them to be a Toyota team or something like that? I have no idea. I, I don't know. But the question of where do you put these guys if there's no KBM? Do they just get rid of the truck program? I'll, I'll, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think they can. Think like, they, they do have a lot of you've got Smith is the guy Rhodes and, and Crafton, but they are they – I mean, are they really a good four-car team? To be doing that, I mean, cause right? Cause I don't, I don't think Thor Sports willing. I think I, I, this just came to my head. Somebody like Nice, he's running Chevys right now, with no pipeline to Cup, no factory sport, anything like that. And then if you get it, if you can convince him to do that, and convince Carson Hosovar to stay again, this is all off the cuff. I had a little bit of Hosovar notes, but that could work out perfectly to not only still have a Toyota truck team, still have some prospects, but then get another one in the fold in Hosovar, who I think has the most upside of anybody in the truck series potentially right now. Yeah, well, well, that, that I can mean, really think if that happens, but yeah, that's, that's standard. We're, we're really getting down the rabbit hole, tinfoil hats. Yeah, you know, eight, yeah. Well, I'll say this: Carson Hosvar Carson Hosevar is the only person in the truck series that I could see winning a, a championship in Cup. In the yeah, last he's he's got the most upside right now, and it's yeah. the biggest thing is he hasn't won a race yet, you know. And I don't know if that's because Nice isn't good enough anymore to win races that everyone else has caught up to them, or if there's something with Hosevar, or if he's just ridiculously unlucky. 
But once he gets that checkered flag, I think all the doors open for him. I don't know where he goes. Yeah, I don't even know that I have a team in my notes here for him to go to. Uh, no, I don't have anybody. Specific. I don't know. He's, he's but, got the potential. Um, absolutely. But uh, I think well, let's go um, the lesser likely of the other two manufacturers. Um, and that's a homecoming with uh, Hendrick. Uh, there, there are so, a few options here, and I think there's a good option with each of the three manufacturers for him to go to. But we can start okay. with them. Um, so you said the Hendrick deal is what we want to talk about first? Yeah, yeah. Right. let's go to that. I don't think that this is very likely. I, I think no. this is the least likely. So No, it would it would really surprise me. You know, not that you know, Rick Hendrick has come out and said, we don't mind using Hendrick cars for the full season on Kyle Larson. We want our brand out there. Eventually that money kind of dries up. And if the problem is finding sponsorship with Kyle Busch, where is he going to, is he going to get more sponsorship being in Hendrick? I doubt it. You know, we talked about Ally and Bowman. I don't think Ally has Kyle Busch represents them. The 24 has had four or five different sponsors in the car and they're going to have another one in a Cronus coming on for the Indy road course. And now I'm sure if I'm sure if you've pivoted and said, Hey, we're going to put Kyle Busch in the Hendrick cars, number 25. And we're going to have Larson in the five and we're going to sell sponsorship for him that it could work. I'm sure that two or three companies would step up and Larson could get close to a full season from those three, you know, just hypothetical companies and plucking out of the air. Maybe people that help with this dirt racing. I don't know, but it's possible. But I just don't know that the, the seats are who are you throwing out? You know, who are you taking out of Hendrick? Sure. Sure. As hell is it going to be gold boy, Chase Elliott? Not going to be Larson. Bowman's got the only full-time sponsor left in NASCAR right now. Right, and William Byron has a lot of potential, so I just yeah. don't think there's and, any room. There. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's no room there. Um, so if we move down a rung or two, um, something that would be insanely, uh, insanely, uh, I guess not, uh, not controversial, but unexpected, maybe unexpected. Uh, maybe there would be a very big uproar. But uh, what about a move to RCR? Uh, I don't even have RCR as an option. I think that they, you know, I think it's already been shut down. You know, they're not going to pay as high driver salary. And RCR, we've talked with them a bit. They have Creed that could go cup racing if Reddick dips out in 2023. They have Hill. We brought up Noah Gregson. I think those are all better options for what RCR wants to be than to put Kyle Busch in there. The other Chevy. Uh, all- we, should, we should put them in the three just to piss all the, all, all the Dale, Dale fans yeah. off. It would be funny. We could bring the prophecy true for one race of that M&M's three car meme that goes around. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But it's, the best option, the most intriguing, maybe not the best option, but the most intriguing option definitely, and the best one with Chevy probably is Colin. Because these really? two, these two have got the perfect mindset together. Colleg, Matt Colleg and Chris Rice, they don't mind putting their own companies on the cars. And I'm sure he could sell a little bit of sponsorship to help with that. And they're both the biggest thing for Kyle Bush and Colleg Racing is they want to go trophy hunting. They want to win as many damn races as they can. And I think that, you know, Colleg obviously this season has not quite been there at the cup level. Even at the Xfinity level, they've been worse because of this cup thing. But, you know, if they're, uh, if Kyle Busch has some faith in the program, maybe he gets some operational control, maybe a little bit of an ownership stake in the team. You have a full prospect pipeline now coming up. If you have KBM move over to Chevrolet in the truck series, which would be kind of nuts. And, you know, I think you put um, – yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought there a little bit. But I think the colleague is controversial. Maybe they're not quite ready for him. Maybe you end up seeing a Keselowski type of thing where he's not quite as good. But Kyle Busch still has a lot of good years left. I think he can he can I mean he can turn a crappy he, he bitches about his race cars all the time and says, This is the worst thing I've ever drove. He's running in third place, running down the lead. Right. 
So, so Kyle is 37, correct? Say that Kyle's again. 30, I think Kyle's 36 or 37. Right? Around there, yeah. Um, Prime, as we know from uh, listening to Motorsports Analytics for a couple of years, uh, is the age 39 season. Um, so his best season is yet to come. Uh, he may have awesome. fallen off the last couple of years. Um, it's interesting that you brought colleague up. I don't think that that's a possibility just because of the pay. Um, but I, th- I mean, I think that they will throw more money at him than they can necessarily handle because they want trophies and they've been, they're willing to do anything in their power to do it. I think they would maybe even, they would downsize their Xfinity team. Maybe they'd help out a little bit with the trucks. They wouldn't need that development pipeline in Xfinity. You know, they can throw Daniel Hemrick's ass out the window Whatever they do with Almondinger, I don't know. Maybe you know, if, if Kyle Busch doesn't go to college, I'm wondering what he will do, whether he'll come up full-time to Cup, stay in Xfinity, whatever. But I think that if if the possibility is there, if there's even the slightest little bit of, hey, maybe Kyle Busch will come race for us, they will do everything in their power to make it happen. So we both went around today in a, bo- a lot of different areas for a lot of different drivers. But I think that just sitting here listening to you talk, I've been plugging in holes, you know, putting wires differently. That that meme where we've got the whole map behind us and the red strings or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can't think of was it was it's not. I can't think of what TV show that was from, but whatever. Yeah, Char- Charlie Day and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's got yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it's always sunny. Um, I'm right here right now because everything is starting to make sense. Because when you said AJ Allmendinger. I was like, wait a minute. They're going to have to have someone drive full-time for that team or yet again put Daniel Hemrick and uh, AJ in a bunch more races because Noah is currently filling that seat a lot. Mm-hmm. But since Ty yeah, is leaving I just don't think that it makes sense the for them two, to run three different drivers in that Right. Seat. But since Ty is leaving the 42, and we think that could be a place for Noah to go as well, if he fills that seat, the 16 is empty. Mm-hmm. That actually does make a lot of sense to put people with a very similar mindset together and make them dangerous with with Matt Collard, Chris Rice, and Kyle Busch. Mm-hmm. You you just turned me on that one. See, I don't know. Just, I don't know that it'll happen because Kyle Busch may look at this and say, "You guys aren't ready. I need to win more races." And so this brings up my last option here, and we can bring come back to the Collard thing. But Stuart Haas Racing has been brought up as an option now. Yeah, I think this is the most likely one. Yeah, not necessarily even in the 10, because that could be a natural option, and you could screw Ryan Priest out. We don't even know that Ryan Priest is going to be in that 10, or if Almirola is even going to retire. But this is something I've brought up even on the background and in between media, even though it's more of a fantasy-guided show. Cole Custer's performance just has not been there. You know, he's in the ride because his dad, Joe Custer, was a big thing over there at Haas, and, you know, he's helped start that team, build that team up. So Cole Custer, and he did really well in Xfinity. He deserved that ride and has done nothing except for one good restart at Kentucky to warrant staying in it. He right. doesn't bring sponsorship. You know, he gets chicken cock whiskey on the car for one race, and that's the only sponsor yeah. I can think of that's not been Haas on that, 40, on that 41. So if you're even if they're okay with doing that for most of the races, you'd rather have a guy like Kyle Busch in that car than a guy like Custer. And Cole Custer, you could easily bump him down you could, if, if this involves bringing KBM trucks over to Ford, you could bump him down to the truck series and have him be a truck lifer or do the John Hunter Nemechek role. 
Maybe have Riley Herps become a truck lifer or expand to a second SHR Xfinity car and put Cole Custer there and say, hey, try this again. We'll see what happens. Maybe he jumps to that Petty GMS 42 car. You know, who knows what ends up happening, but I think that that's, it's a very viable option for Kyle Busch to go there too. Yeah. So I think um, I've been kind of on the 10 train because Eric is supposedly retiring. Right. And I that, think would, he, that, that would really, that would bring, I mean, I like Eric Almarola. He's a nice guy. He's a decent driver. He's able to win. It would hold back Stuart Haas racing if he were to stay there. He's got a right. limited upside. He's getting older. It would only be to bring in the Smithfield money. But like if the Smithfield money is willing to stay even like half as much as they are with Almarola with a guy like Priest, I think you put a guy, put a guy like Priest in there. Sign him to a two-year deal. If he sucks, bring in another prospect. If you if you get Kyle Busch in the 41, you've got a few different prospects you can move up and acquire that could come in that ride. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't want Priest to go anywhere. I think he's got the talent. I think we've seen that from him in the Xfinity mm-hmm. series. We've seen that from him even driving the 37 uh, in JTD Doherty. He's, right. he's got the head on his shoulders to be a really good race car driver. Um, and – you said Cole Custer uh, could be out. I, I just don't see. I don't see that. Uh, so maybe you're right, but I know if I know not family ties there and everything. He just hasn't performed. You can't have a stable of cars with a guy like Kevin Harvick competing for wins with guys like that, and then have Cole Custer. I'm pretty sure that he's still only six points ahead of Michael McDowell, and McDowell just got a hundred point penalty, and McDowell's racing for wow. a four team significantly worse than Stewart Haas. Yeah. You, you can't let it go on that long. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Based on precedent, you can't let it go on like that because that 41 car um, did a little bit better uh, with Daniel Suarez behind the wheel in right. his two years. So is, I, I, it's, I, I it's can see the best that. thing in the world that Suarez, he's won a race, he's got a team that's great that's going to build around him because he just got screwed three different opportunities in a row. Yeah. And so that's yeah. so great. And so, yeah, I guess – you might be swaying me on that one too. My thing with KFB to Ford is I think this could be the biggest suede for the sport period um, because of Kyle Busch Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Chevy has the most money in the sport um, at the top level. Um, they kind of have a decent pipeline uh, with Xfinity and trucks, but they don't really need to because they've got the notoriety in the Cup Series where they're just picking and choosing guys from other um, lines, like the Eric Joneses of the world. Right. Um, like imagine but, Eric Jones being as dominant as he was in trucks and Xfinity and say, hey, in five years, he's going to be in a Chevrolet for Richard Petty. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, we can come to expect some of that stuff because right. Joe Gibbs has nowhere to go except for Whale. Now they got six seats with. Uh, Whatever, what Bubba also left the yeah. stable to go elsewhere and stuff like that. If we're if we're talking about stuff post twenty twenty three as well, that's when his deal is up there. And not that I yeah. think they're going to be in any hurry to push Bubba Wallace out, but it's another one of those things. Is if that twenty three is becoming one of the better cars in the garage, you see whoever's in the forty five with Tyler Reddick lighting it up and winning races. You see Gibbs still winning races, and Bubba Wallace is still having trouble. You know, it's one thing if he's bringing in all the sponsorship money, but I don't think he will be. I think Reddick is going to get those deals. Can you keep him around? Is his performance going to warrant it? I think Bubba's. I think Bubba's got sponsorship money, just based on his charisma. I would say. Um, I think it could be be a case. I think that softens his landing. I think that he ends up with a decent team. Let's say 
Maybe he goes back to whatever petty GMS is. Maybe it's some other team that we, we don't know of yet. Some other seat that we don't know is going to be open. I think that can soften his landing, but I don't know that he can keep a ride that's so far on the upswing if the performance isn't there. And I think he's got the potential to do it. But if, it, if it's not there, it's I, the same thing as Custer. I would argue that the performance is there. And we've seen that this season as long as we don't have nine different pit road penalties. So I don't think Bubba's got – I think Bubba is is probably going to be a substantial length of time in that 23 seat. I doubt that he or Daniel Suarez, who those two teams were kind of basically built around, um, are going anywhere as far as that. Um, mm-hmm. But to get back to the Kyle Busch thing, I think for – for Toyota, we've talked about how big of a loss it would be for KBM to be leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for the sport, we could have a new, I guess, explosion in the Xfinity series. I feel like if Ford understands what they're doing, they bring their Xfinity program back with KBM, and KBM does not run trucks anymore following this season. That makes I sense. think that would be the best thing. I do see KBM keeping both one teams. truck around just to kind of rotate things because I don't think Kyle Busch will ever stop running the truck series. I think Correct. he loves it so much. But, I mean, Ford right now, they have one competitive car in Xfinity, right, and it's Riley Herx, so you can barely call that competitive. As far as I yeah. remember, they haven't had anybody new because there were those few years where they had Briscoe and Cindric and nobody else in the Xfinity right. series. It's just um, a 98 car. Um, yeah, so if you if you you need, you you need more all, there, so yeah. I agree. Bring them up. The series needs it. I mean, honestly, there's just not really. We call it the best series because there's a lot of good racing, but there's not really any parity um, mm-hmm. as far as manufacturers go in that series. So the series needs it the most. So I think if Kyle does leave, I would want him to go to SHR for the possibility of strengthening the Xfinity series with at least two more cars and bring in the 98 under the same KBM fold. Now, if they split their resources, they have three trucks. They could do one truck and three cars now with SHR backing. So I think if Ford's smart, they do that. I think they pay Kyle what he wants, and I think they pay Kyle to bring his truck team to the Xfinity Series. Yeah, if they have the manufacturer support, it's going to be so much easier for them, for sure. I still, I mean, I think Colleg would be the most fun just because it would, you know, he could go out there and win eight races and finish 25th in the rest of them in a Colleg car. And it would just be insane. And win the championship just to yeah, right. everyone. <laughs> um, that'd be pretty fun. Uh, but I guess, do we have anything else uh, uh, that you wanted to talk about? We went through all my points. Yeah, definitely nothing else quite as crazy. Um, I know, I don't know if you have that list handy, the post 2023 guys. Okay, there are a few. Yeah. We mentioned we mentioned Harvick and Truex. I think they're both out after 23. Absolutely. They both retire. I don't know who takes their seats. I didn't quite get that far. Uh, the other names I think were on that list, uh, Blaney, Busher, Bell, and Eric Jones. I don't think that the, any of them go anywhere. I uh, yeah, they, 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 I think they're, they're all sitting everywhere. The only person that I do think um, could be on a chopping block, uh, he might be getting lucky just because we possibly could see up to three Toyota drivers um, that are currently at Joe Gibbs be gone uh, with a potential retirement from uh, even Denny Hamlin. Uh, I doubt that he's going anywhere, but if it happened, uh, that'd be uh, solidifying stuff for Bell. But Bell, um, I think, is the only one that could be on a chopping block because I, of I just, history with 
that 20 car. I really hope Gibbs has learned their lesson and they're not going to throw them. They're not going to throw them away, especially because Kyle Busch is probably Kyle Busch could be out at that point. Truex is going to retire at some point. Denny Hamlin is going to go race for his own team. I don't know when, but at some point it's going to happen. So I think if you throw Bell out for somebody, I, I don't think it makes any sense. Yeah. But we also said that for uh, Eric Jones and he yeah. got booted for Bell. Yeah. Um, and then even, even Logano, uh, they kicked him out right mm-hmm. before he exploded. Yeah. So he's, He's the other name that I think he's up after 23. I don't know that he goes anywhere, but he's starting to get to the age and maybe the level of performance. I don't know that Penske will boot him because they don't have anybody in the pipeline. Right. Ford has no presence in the Xfinity series. Penske has not fielded a car there once this year. Is he cool driving there longer? Uh, is he going to want to try to find a future ownership role like Keselowski did? It could be worth looking at. I think that maybe we're talking about a, the next deal for Logano. Say he resigns for another three years and then – uh, maybe after that we start to look at that. But it depends on I mean, he's got a growing family. Um they they've got two kids now. Um he seems like a very good dad. I don't know that he doesn't have a couple more kids and calls it quits after his next deal. He could be yeah, someone he's been racing in the cup series since he's eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um maybe he does a more traditional um open wheel style career and just races for a little bit and be done. But you're talking about he came in in 2010, right? Oh, nine. Uh, oh, nine. So we're talking about already 18 years um, by the by the point of him finishing his contract next year and extending uh, three more years. Why why stick around that much longer? You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, he, and that goes for a trend just in NASCAR in general. Um, guys like Kyle Busch um, – could just he could just retire and just not it's be true. racing anywhere next year. Yeah, because yeah, he's he, been doing it for so long because they've been coming in so young. He's got nothing left to prove, too. You right, know, he's got the most wins of anybody in the affiliated series. Most well, he's, he's got to win a Daytona 500. That's the only thing he's got left. Yeah, but I I don't know that that hangs on him as much as it did with like Dale Earnhardt. Okay, uh, maybe it does, but I, I there hasn't been any signs from him that's eating away at him that he hasn't won a 500. Right. I it's think not a real racetrack anyways, right? <laughs> he, he could live with um, them. So, but uh, I, I do want to – I want to talk about Blaney, though. Um, this is something that we had in our group chat with, you know, the other fan fuel hosts. And there is a distinct divide between the four of us um, with half of us saying that Blaney is going to be the next hot prospect and the other half saying that he's going to be a lifer. So I do want to ask you to decide that for us to be the winning vote. Is he going to be the next hot prospect next year um, at the end of his contract, or is he going to be a Penske lifer? I'm going to say a Penske lifer. You know, he's been there. He's done well enough. He's got the sponsorship money. I just don't know if anything better opens up. You know, I, there's, there's very limited opportunity to jump up from Penske. And I just think he's content there and he sticks around there. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. But there is some opinion that the Cindric situation uh, could pry him from his roots uh, at Penske. So that was the only real uh, well, what, question. What about Austin Cindric would take Blaney away? I'm curious. I don't know. If uh, if just about the way that they don't like each other. Period. That's just it. I, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that it's you know because they, they one is the son of the president of the company, and the other one is Ryan Blaney. Like, and they do not seem like they're very good teammates, based on 
one of them. Um, and yeah. Ryan has visibly complained, or I said, I should say, uh, verbally, vocally complained um, multiple times to where, you know, even out in the public, we kn- we know that they don't have a good relationship. Um, That's a fair point. You were saying I so, convinced you about a couple of the Kyle Bush things. You might be convincing me, but I just, I mean, where does he go is the question. SHR. I think Ford would not want him to go. Um, and you persuaded me that Custer might be leaving. Um, so well, plus, in, if we're talking about post-2023, you'd have the four open as well. I right. So that. so you could have him yeah, go, him to, Ford camp show, go to me. Uh, mm. Yeah. That's juicy. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So um, All right, other than that. SHR. <laughs> SHR looks completely different in four years. Let's go. All right. And then you got a couple. You got the next one I'm really thinking about that could be spicy um, because – um, we've talked about him three or four times in the show, and that's that's uh, Alex Bowman and the Ally sponsorship. Right. Um, so, I guess this goes to see what what is the culture of the sport now compared to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Are there in the in the in the next TV deal? Is it going to make us? be available for more talent over more buckets of money. Because I think the only reason that some of these guys are in the cup series is because of their sponsorship or because of Danny's pocket. And with you and what you've talked about already with Bowman, he's probably locked down because of ally. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying yeah. that his deals up is 20 at, at, at 23, I don't know. I'm almost certain they'll resign, but mm-hmm. if not, yeah, what happens? It, it, the thing with Bowman, and this is even with me being a Bowman fan since he's come into the Cup Series, Ally holds all of the cards for his driving career. In 2020, he had a few races from Exalta, and then they had to go with the Chevy Goods B2B sponsorship to fill the rest of his races. So he basically didn't really have sponsorship. He had like a Cronus for a race, he had planners for a race. He was plucking things the same way that the 24 car is now, essentially, with this Raptor here and Valvoline here and a Cronus here and this, that, and the other. Ally holds all the cards for him. I don't know that he gets – he definitely doesn't get a bigger partner. You know, Ally is at this point probably the last, hey, we're going to sponsor every race for you, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to support you, this, that, and the other. And I think I think Ally likes the relationship. You know, they they went, they went came with Jimmy Johnson first, and they liked him. When they were sorting out all the stuff with Hendrick, when Jimmy retires, they're like, hey, Bowman doesn't have any sponsorship. We kind of like this guy. You know, the, the chief marketing officer at Ally is a huge race fan, huge Alex Bowman fan. But we see a lot of times these companies as those things change super quickly. I don't know where I heard this, something like that. But these chief marketing people, chief financial people at companies last an average of like two years. Yeah. So if these people at Ally that are really supportive of NASCAR, really supportive of Bowman dip out, it could really put him at risk. And I think it could be a situation. I mean, he at this point, he's got pedigree. He's got talent. He's got cup wins. He's not a driver that's only there for the money. But he's also kind of a driver that's mainly there for that sponsorship. And it could so, be a case. It could be a case where they say if Hendrick wants to go and put somebody potentially better in their car, because I, I, I'm, again, as a Bowman fan, I'm even saying this: you can get guys with a hell of a lot more upside than Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman will get you consistently a win a season. You're in the playoffs. You have some bad times. You have some good times. You're going to be around potentially in the thick of things. Is he ever going to win a title? Probably not. I think the biggest upside for his Cup career is Ryan Newman. You know, Ryan Newman won a few races, contended pretty well, won a Daytona 500. Was he ever a championship threat? No, but you knew he was there. So I think that a team like Hendrick, as good as they are, they could find somebody with more upside and switch to them. 
And then it's just a matter of what Ally does. Do they pull out of the sport completely? Do they stick with Bowman and go to JRM or somewhere else? Or what happens then? So it's Ally holds all the cards. Bowman could find an okay ride without money, but not a top ride. Yeah, I think he's in the same spot as Ricky Stenthouse Jr. is right now. Um, he's got the talent. Yeah, that's super interesting because JTG is just kind of doing it for fun at this point. You know, they've had yeah. they've talked about getting out of the sport. They do have money, the money there with Kroger and all that stuff, but you know, he's he's only competitive a couple of times a year, and yeah, he would, Bowman would have to drop to a level around there. If he yeah. lose that, and he's got to find someone who does have the financial backing. So that would be another, another one like Collig or Spire who can put forth cars. Maybe even a Rick Ware Racing. Um, but yeah. I, mean, I, I don't necessarily know that he'd have to dip that low. I mean, it depends on a whole bunch of different things. But I, I think if he were, I think if he were to be given the choice of go back to a crappy backmarker team, or try to do something in Xfinity, or even go run sports cars or go run dirt racing, that he would just kind of dip out. Because remember. Unlike a lot of these hot prospects, he's had the uh, the experience of being in a shitter at the back of the Cup Series before. Tommy Baldwin and BK racing yeah. that. I don't think he has yeah. to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does depend on um, what his presence as a sprint car owner and stuff does. I mean, you're right. It could potentially be a, a Casey Kane type deal where he just goes and runs dirt. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I could see it. Um Really, yeah, as a fan of his, I want him to stay on that 48 for good. He said that he never wants to leave Hendrick Motorsports, he wants to be there for his career. But the possibility could happen just because that's yeah. Well, fights. so Rick Hendrick put it, his cars in the hat for the young drivers, and that's been very fruitful so far with a Chase Elliott and a Kyle Larson championship. Um, however, um, I don't know that the William Byron and um. Alex Bowman side of the uh, shop are, are going to continue to be able to put forth efforts like that. Because right. even it, you said tough. at the beginning of the show, yeah, I'll let you four that. wins last year where he only really earned one. Um, eh, William Byron pops off a couple wins this year, pops off a couple wins every year. Mm-hmm. Um, is that enough for Rick Hendrick to sustain – over the long haul because, you know, we saw guys like Casey Mears who could win a, a race here and there get booted out for other people and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting because, of course, you want that championship upside. But are you really going to have four cars with championship upside year in and year out? We've seen it with Gibbs, sort of, but even then they've really only had three. Realistically, Realistically, it could be a potential pipe dream, but I, I would say I would want to have at least two of my cars in the final four and all four of my cars in the in the in the round of eight every year. Mm-hmm. If I'm a Hendrick, that would be great. But Hen- I mean, Hendrick, maybe they won't be okay with the realize. Maybe people will pop up and they can say, "Hey, this guy has more upside." But the Hendrick dream lineup they had within a few years, they had Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and then Mark Martin, and then Casey Kane. I don't think you could build a better lineup in the Cup Series at that point. There's maybe two other guys you would sub in. Yeah. And Jimmy Johnson was the only one to come close to winning a title in that era. And he, I mean, he did, obviously. But Jeff Gordon didn't win a title after, like, the or very early 2000s. You never saw it with Dale Jr. You never saw Kane reach what we thought his true upside would be. And Mark Martin, you know, came that close. 
but lost it in his one good year to Jimmy Johnson and then faded because he's old, he's old as dirt, you know? Yeah. Well, and because keeping four super competitive cars is extremely difficult, the five car got the worst crew chief and the worst crew at Hendrick Motorsports when they did that big crew chief swap. So I think yeah, that I mean, this is all, this is almost the dream. The fact that you can have all four of your cars winning races year in and year out and being competitive. Not that I, I don't think Byron ever wins a title. I don't think Bowman ever wins a title. The fact that they're in the conversation though, that maybe the way that's the great thing about this playoffs is that in a year when you can hit all the right spots, you could win a title even if you were the 17th best driver in the series. You know, and great they, is a relative term. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it just but. matches so well with other sports when the best team almost never wins the championship. And we've always had this purest view of auto racing as you need to be the best over these 36 races and you know, things like that. But this playoff system. I mean, it, it makes things more exciting. You know, we would have years. I mean, I, I was only really watching when the chase era started. So you didn't quite ever have a championship wrapped up until that last race or very rarely in the second to last race. So I will hold more that, that every is, single race gets the viewership up. And that's what NASCAR needs. It, it it's doesn't not matter. Fierce, sure, but. It doesn't matter. That's the thing. If, if the racing is good, it doesn't matter if the, if the championships wrap wrapped up and That's the true. only reason it does is because it's been played up over the last two decades otherwise the think about finale if we were to watch, would this, not, we were to watch this race season, keeps getting worse and worse and worse ratings though and it, it's tough because i think if you're going to do this you need to rotate it you can't just have the same tracks in the playoffs every year because then it is not a true whoever you know plays the playoffs that well it wins the championship if it's at phoenix every year and you have somebody who's terrible at phoenix it's like well i was the best driver i made the final four suck at Phoenix, I'm not going to win the title unless there's something crazy really happens. Yeah. So I think I it think... works to continue to rotate that race. But, like, imagine if we pull up the driver points right now. I think Chase Elliott has a very commanding lead in the in the points right now. People yeah, would already be disinterested so because of that. People would already be disinterested. And if we would have a situation where somebody – I think, like, Kevin Harvick in that dominant year, without the playoffs, he probably has the championship wrapped up with three races to go. And, I mean, it's, again, the auto racing purist is like, hell, yeah, this guy had a dominant season. He won nine races, whatever. Blah, blah blah, but think think of how bored we would all be. Think of would we even bother to watch those last few races? Well, this guy's already Dude, won the title. We, nobody count? watches the last race anyways because it's it's it's, a, it's fake as shit. Listen, I think I'm the most excited for this year's playoffs that I've been since they've been enacted. I'll go ahead and say that. I hate it because I'm like really excited because anything can happen, but I also think that we need to tweak it because having a winner-take-all finale is fun when it happens maybe once or twice a decade. Now it happens every year, and I think that's my biggest drawback. Um, uh, for people uh, who don't know, we have a website. It's called fanfuelmotorsports.com. Um, this season, I will be taking um, an idea that's collaboration between myself and Diecast Char from uh, NASCAR's uh, subreddit, Dollar NASCAR. Um, called the wildcard playoffs. And it's the one thing that I think would be able to fix the playoffs. And that is we run the round of one race at the beginning of the playoffs and not the end. And all three of the following rounds would be three races. That's the only fix that I think would make it so okay, much better. So, so you're saying in this case that you have, that you start the playoffs with four drivers or that no, no, no. the first race you whittle it down to four? How does it? It's a wild card round. Oh, I see. So, so one, three, three, three instead of three, 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 one. Right, right. Oh, I so, got you. Okay. So okay. for Darlington, 
let's say um, in, in my opinion, the top 10 endpoints are an automatic clock, just like the original chase. They get a first round buy. Any winners and up to 16, 16th in points um, or any winners, like if there's more than – there's 18 winners in the regular season, all those drivers fight for two spots in the round of 12. And they have to do it one race. And that, that fixes it for me. Yeah, because if you're going to have the one race fluke, it may as well be in this wild the first card round. Right. And to say, and you know, somebody s- blows a motor and loses the championship because of it. You know? Right. Yeah, that's, that that's the way. Right? The unfortunate thing is it would never happen. But I like that. You lock in the top 10. Any race winner is in this wild card shot. So you don't have to worry With about it. With a minimum of 16 drivers. So that's a minimum of yeah, six right. drivers. So you you, you lose 10 of those. Round. But then if you have a ridiculous season like we have this year where we very well could have 18 winners, they all get their chance to be in the playoffs, so to speak. Then you have that. It's the top two finishers, I'm assuming, of those yeah. eight or six or whatever. That yeah. they can get. And then it's about points based on every three rounds. That's it. That's – Yeah, then you have 12. Person with the most points at the end of – of the last three races out of out of the final four wins. So it, it, I think it would make everybody happy. You still get the crazy race two weeks in a row, Daytona, then Darlington, um, for mm-hmm. last chance to get into the wild card round, wild card round. Let's do this the right way. Then how do you is it is it still a situation so it's no longer a situation in these rounds then where if you win you're into the next round, it's just straight points? No, it's the same. Until you okay. get to the final round. Okay, so just in, just in the final round, it's just points. Okay. Correct. And then you, um, he, he suggested, because um, we've been going back and forth on how we want to tabulate mm-hmm. this, he suggested not having playoff points in the final round. I think he should. Um, but maybe it's only playoff points earned in the playoffs. I'm not sure. Uh, that's, that's a that's, really good compromise. I think that the yeah. playoff points you've earned in the playoffs, you get to take right. back even more from the regular season. Right. Um, so that would be for the last round. So that's – that's the only thing. Um, we got off on a tangent <laughs> about the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah, that's um, all right. It's been it's a really hell of a show. It's been fun. Um, we were going to do something even more fun, but we had a couple of hosts dipped on us. So uh, we'll have to get you back on uh, to do the other part of the Silly Season uh, show that we had planned, which was What If, uh, kind of following our What If series. Um X did or didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, I was going to bring up uh, what if DW never left uh, Hendrick Motorsports. So that'll be a show that I think we should have you back on because this has been really fun, and I'm sure the guys would have a lot of fun with you as well. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, you have anything uh, you want to plug or anything before we head out? Well, yeah, I've had a lot of fun too, for sure. We'll have to get back on for that. And that was uh, it's kind of good that we kind of waited on that. Daryl Waltrip leaving Hendrick happened so long ago. You know, there's not, it's, it's going to take a little more research for me to try to get on the, yeah, what happened and that would happen. So that can be more fun to look into. I was probably going to go down the Dale Jr. tangent, whether he would stay at DEI, go to Gibbs, that sort of thing. It's all been well hashed over, but it's still fun to look at. Oh. But yeah, I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun here. I'll have to come back. Uh, you can catch me on the back road. Uh, we go every other Tuesday night uh, for In Between Media. You can follow me at ehix 39 right up there. That'll take you to the In Between Media account. I can't remember the username off the top of my head. I think it's, IBT underscore media, but don't quote me on that. We've got, I've got a column through the field that comes out every, in the opposite Tuesdays or the opposite Wednesdays. So every other Wednesday, we got a column. Every other Tuesday, we got a show. Myself, Seth Wilcock, Rod Villa Gomez, and we have some guests on. It's a lot of fun. Come check us out if you want to focus on the fantasy and sports betting side of NASCAR. 
Yeah, and those are the guys to uh, follow uh, about that. They'll they'll give you uh, just who you need to know um, for the upcoming races uh, to pick to make yourself a little bit of money. Uh, I got to get on that. I've not started betting yet. Yeah, we we had a guy on a couple of weeks ago that is he calls himself a professional NASCAR better. That that's how that's how he makes his living basically, and does extremely successful. He's got a podcast that's you know promoted by NASCAR itself. So oh, okay. yeah, we we get the big dogs on, you know. Okay. Have a good yeah. time. All right. Well, go and support Elliot and his crew over there in between media. And of course, if you're not following us on all our socials, uh, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook at FanFuelMSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM. Uh, check out the website. It's a little bit light right now because I'm in the process of moving and uh, my work schedule is uh, something I'm really getting used to. Uh, the other guys are pretty busy with school and whatnot. Uh, but we'll be throwing right back into it here in the next few weeks coming up with the playoffs. Um, so head over to fanfuelmotorsports.com here in a couple weeks to see some really cool content. Um, and then other than that, we'll see you next week at 730 on Wednesday, just like always. Thanks for watching. Bye.